to the Warner Brothers Podcast. I'm Kyle, joined by my brother Keenan, joined by our guy Timmy G. What's up, fellas? I like the uniform today. We all got the memo to wear black. Oh, absolutely. It's a funeral for some of these teams in the league. Our team's on a funeral after uh, we lost again in heartbreaking fashion. Again, on a not Mac fault, but Mac fault again. Like it's not Mac's fault in the sense of he made the he made a gr- throw that hit the receiver in the hands, but since he threw a pick at the end of the game in a year, no one's actually going to care about that because it's going to be Mac's fault. So it's a funeral, loyalty over money. But everyone, I'm good. I'm doing well. This NFL Sunday was one of the best NFL Sundays. It really was. It was phenomenal. It was a fun weekend. It definitely was a fun yes. weekend. Yeah, you know, I agree with those sentiments. I mean, it really is. Might just be a funeral for the Patriots and the Giants. Tim's the Giants fan. And, uh, I mean, our seasons was already trending towards ending. Like, if the Patriots won yesterday, they definitely would have had a chance at something, uh, given their schedule. But it's over for them, and it's definitely over for the Giants. Yeah, no, it's... The Giant, the Tommy DeVito-led Giants. Tim, how you doing? Doing well. I mean, I wish, obviously, we would have a starting quarterback on our roster. Um they said that Tyrod might be out for the year, too, so there's a good chance that DeVito is playing really? every single game, and we're not winning another one if that's the case. So that's, That might be good. It's a funeral. Yeah, yeah, honestly. What was Tyrod Taylor's? It's a rib injury. What was his injury? He, like, exactly. broke a rib or something, but they put him on IR, so he's out for the next four no matter what. Probably. And then they said at probably, that point, just keep him out. Probably remnants from when he got stabbed in the ribs. Probably just it probably just hasn't recovered fully from that moment on. But hey, yeah. the last the last backup quarterback to take over for Tyrod Taylor with a when he had a rib injury was Justin Herbert. So maybe Devito's the guy. We just don't know it yet. You just gotta get him. Let's started. just say let's let's say Danny Devito's not gonna be the guy. <laughs> like I'm just going to assume Danny Devito's not gonna be the guy. But getting in to this week, week nine of the NFL, it was. This week told us every week tells us a lot, but this week told us a lot for sure. Um, I want to start off by asking both of you guys what, who, or what team, or whatever, who do you think had the best performance of the weekend? And start whoever, wherever. Tim, go ahead. I got a few answers, so I'm I wrote a few answers. down. Um, Same. Honorable mention, I'll put, and then I'll just take one. Honorable mention is the Raiders. Played a great game. Offense looks like they actually know how to play football, and the defense was chugging. Uh, so they look they look pretty good, especially having an interim head coach come in. That was normally a team will come in after they fire and they just win like seventeen to thirteen or something like that. They dominated every point of that game. Um, so that every really single person them. was throwing kind of sh- a little shade at Josh McDaniels, and everyone yeah. couldn't have been happier that it that locker room is just there. they got to be electric right now, like. That Sunday yeah. must have just been like the Super Bowl right. to them because they can be different. They can be now a scary team in a week just because like they're a team that has talent, but now that they actually care to play football again, they could be a team that like not going to make damage like deep in the playoffs or anything, but a team that could kind of throw off your season by a little upset win here or win there. So, but for sure, what what was your actual uh, my my real one is just the Ravens defense when they're at home. You can't score. Like, the Lions held them to six. The Seahawks held them to three. I I don't want to say the Ravens ought to get – like, obviously they played a great game on offense, but when the defense is just four and out, four and out, four and out, turnover, turnover, four and out, sack, everything, it makes the game pretty easy for your offense. So 
the whole game, they were just dominating. And when they play at home, I don't, I don't know many teams that can go in there and beat them the way they've been playing at home. So mm-hmm. uh, I just said the Ravens' defense, the whole team played great, but their defense really set them up to win that game. The worst person on the field that day for them was Lamar. And that's and that's if he you, didn't even play bad. He just was if you not told the me they won, they won thirty what thirty six to three or thirty seven to three, you'd think you know, yeah. Lamar Lamar went for 400, 500 total yards and like four touchdowns. Nope, he didn't have any touchdowns. They just scored. <laughs> it's crazy. No, he did apologize to no, fans. The, the backup had a no, touchdown. He, he had no touchdown. He did not have a touchdown. Crazy. He did not have so. a touchdown. Gus Edwards had two. Uh, Keaton the Mitchell rookie, had, one. Yeah, had one. OBJ got one. Oh, wait, one. no, he did have one. Oh, wait, no, because, yeah, it was a rookie threw it to it Odell. A, yeah. So, yeah, it yeah. was. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyle, how about you? I have a few winners on the teams and players side of things. Um, I do want to say just this funny story I heard today because Tim brought up the Raiders. Uh, that locker room could not have hated McDaniels more. But this is, I'm not kidding, this is one of the funnier NFL stories I've heard in recent memory. Their interim coach is Antonio Pierce, obviously, yep. former Giant. And he told a story while McDaniels was still on the staff because, mm-hmm. again, they fuck like everyone hated him, I guess. And, uh, you know, to get morale up after that loss, I guess Antonio Pierce told a story about the 07 Giants and just having heart and to fight. Like, that was the gist of the story. McDaniels, obviously, was on the Patriots coaching staff. And after Antonio Pierce is done telling the story, I guess McDaniels said something like, don't ever say anything bad about the Patriots again or some shit. Like this guy just cannot read the room. Apparently like he apparently has no human skills at all. Like that's gotta be one of the funnier things I've heard. Uh, so shout to them for winning. Shout to Antonio Pierce. You mentioned Super Bowl. They were celebrating like it was the goddamn yeah, Super they, Bowl they, after the game. They, I don't know if they you were saw. passing around cigars like but, Kelsey Plum. Like <laughs> <laughs> like they were passing around cigars. I could not stop laughing when I heard that story earlier. Though I was like, "How do you just not like? How can you not just let the room breathe after like, that?" Like Tom Instead, Brady. Like, no, don't don't say anything. Tom Brady. That affected that, like to this day. Tom always says like that's the one that got away. Like out of everything that he missed, that's the one. Obviously, the undefeated season. If Tom Brady was in that room, I guarantee he says nothing. <laughs> like I guarantee, like he's like. Yeah, I think most. He's just like. I think most people would. Oh, absolutely. I'm just. I was bringing up him because like he's a player that like him and Bill Belichick are the two people most affected by that. Like in turn, obviously the entire team's affected, but clearly the quarterback face Tom Brady has an a undefeated season on his resume adds to his already goat resume. But, uh, yeah, Kyle, you can go on. Uh, yeah, so for my winners of the weekend, and I can use team or players, you said here? Yeah, you can use anybody you want, anything you want. So as far as team goes, team goes, I'm, I'm right with Tim. Tim said the defense, but the Ravens in general. I mean, I would have expected maybe a two-score win from the Ravens, but they completely shut down the Seahawks. Uh, they were just dominant on both sides of the ball. Um, so you got to give shouts to them. Uh, as far as players go, CJ Stroud, obviously, what a performance that was! Four seventy and five touchdowns. They got the win. Uh, I don't know their backup running back's name, but he's also a winner for me. Coming in at kicker, sealing the game for them with a field goal late, or putting them up mm. with a field goal, uh, and then Stroud yeah. did what he did after that. Um, so he's a winner. And then I would also throw Josh Dobbs in there because that was one of the more impressive performances I've ever seen for someone who had no clue, no verbiage, none of that on the offense, said he didn't even know some of the receivers' names. 
Uh, there was a video of him going over his cadence on the sidelines with the center. Usually that mm-hmm. would never end well. Uh, I remember a classic Josh Freeman performance where the, I think the Vikings actually, I think it was them, picked him up on a Monday night. He uh, he had no clue of the offense, this or that, and had one of his, I don't think he played a game after that. Like it was a terrible performance. He was missing receivers left and right. No one would have faulted Joshua Dobbs for having that performance, let alone getting a win, basically a comeback win in this situation. So I thought that was pretty incredible. That's one of the more impressive things I've seen at QB, honestly. Yeah. Um, couple things I want to add because those are the top two on mine. I'll go with I can go into somebody else too, just to give even more people shine because a lot of people had a great weekend. But um, so it was fun. I was watching game day. I was watching a red zone rather, and that like the Dobbs game and then the Stroud game were on at the exact same time. So they were double boxing. So you were like back and forth each play. The fourth down scramble that Dobbs had to get the first was the same time that Baker had his fourth down scramble to get the first. Like, it was just such, like, those 10 minutes of just nonstop, like, edge of your seat action that was amazing. And, like, even more credit to Dobbs. Like, Stroud, rookie record, 470 for yards, five touchdowns, drove him down to 46 seconds, left six on the clock. And a 40 seconds, just surgical. It was... Well, I'm going to talk more about Stroud later. You'll see where. But with Dobbs, two fum- he fumbled the ball three times. He lost two fumbles and a safety. The safety was early. And the- one of the fumbles was very early. In those moments, you could be like, okay, I'm new. Let's just try to survive the game. Try to get through. Like, let's not get blown out. Let's try to build on a couple things. And he went out there like, no, nah, like, defense just kind of put us in position. I-, I can do the rest. Like, he had seven carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown along with a buck 58 and two touchdowns. Didn't throw a pick. Obviously, he had the two turnovers with the uh, with the fumbles. But it was one of the more impressive things you will ever see. And I guess he's, like, the smartest player in the league. I didn't know, but, like, he graduated from college, like, studying rocket science. Like, I, like... So like, I I don't mean like smartest player in the league as in like kind of I just mean like literally like book smart wise like he could work in rock so like shout out to Joshua Dobbs for that performance making it's the and new Fitzpatrick the Vikings now look yeah the Vikings now look fun um and the Raiders now look fun too which is cool because I like the fact that there are teams that like have talent that actually are looking fun and I'll talk even more about that later later on but yeah. So that that would be my two winners there. Otherwise, I would say the Chiefs, and I would say more Trent McDuffie. So, and the reason why Trent McDuffie specifically, he was a guy who stripped um, one of the best corners in the league. He's become that for sure. He's one that stripped Tyree Kill on the side that ended up with the flip for the touchdown. Uh, the pick that the pick that they traded for on the Tyree Kill trade was for Trent McDuffie. So basically they traded they traded Tyree Kill and plus uh, for others, but they traded for that. And it came to just show like they they would obviously Tyree Kill would really help them, but right now them, their young defense that they're gonna have for years to come is definitely something that would be more beneficial to them moving forward because you can get a receiver to help out, especially with Travis Kelsey. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, as much of a luxury as Tyree Kill is having a better defense. We've seen quarterbacks with great offenses, bad defenses, Aaron Rodgers in the past, Peyton Manning, that haven't been able to get it done because of their defense. Even Patrick Mahomes a few years back. 
has wasn't able to get it in sometimes because of his defense, but it's nice to see. So those will be the few winners that I have over the weekend. Anyone else with winners, or do we want to just watch or go right into, like, for who you guys felt like had the most concerning performance this weekend? Sounds good to me. Okay. So, um, who had the most concerning performance this weekend? Uh, Timmy or Kyle, you want either one of you start. don't care who. I'll let Tim take the leeway because we were cutting each other off quite a bit last time. So I'm gonna let Tim sure. go first. And I'll, <laughs> I'll just I'll just go first always, um, mm. and then it just makes it easy. Mm. Um, yeah, I am concerned for the Seahawks, but I'm actually more concerned about the Falcons, to be honest. Um, mm. Arthur Smith is gonna drive this team into the ground, and he doesn't care <laughs> that he's doing it. Uh, I, there has to be some sort of disconnect between Smith and their GM because their GM's like, hey, let's go out and you know spend top 10 pick draft capital three years in a row on elite talents at wide receiver, tight end, and running back. And then Arthur just goes, yeah, I'm not going to use them. I'm not going to let Bijan run it from the one-yard line. I'm going to run a jet sweep with Jonu Smith. Like, what is he doing? I don't understand what's going on. I told you guys to start Young Hao Ku. I didn't realize it would be that good. Um, Kyle <laughs> did start him in our league, scored a boatload of points. You look at the box mm-hmm. score, 31 to 28. You go, oh, damn, Atlanta's offense did pretty good, scoring four touchdowns. Nope, they scored one touchdown. The rest of their points came from field goals. That's incredible that they cannot operate in the red zone when they have Bijan. I know uh, London's not there, but Pitts is obviously still talented. Jonah Smith looks good. Like, all of these things, just they can't come together. I just don't get it. And, like, last year they were a really good team running the ball. They were scoring rushing touchdowns, and now they're just – they've kind of gone away from that identity of rushing. And their offense is just so worrisome. I just can't see them – even if they make the playoffs, they can't go anywhere with it because they can't score. They're just going to be kicking every single time. But it's also sad. They were up. Uh, it a bit of a lead in the first half, and then it all just came – it all just came coming down. So – this I is a devastating loss. Very bad this is, like, loss. As great as, Josh, as, as great as Josh Dobbs was, and we give him all the credit in the world for it because he made plays, this is a terrible loss for the Falcons. Like, they, they, you can't lose that game. You can't. Uh, Kyle, what Yeah, what and that's why, that's why they're my most concerning as well. There's no way they should lose that game to either Jaron Hall or Joshua Dobbs. Like, I would have been less mad if they lost that too. I mean, I'm not mad at all, but you know what I mean? Like if, if I'm a Falcons fan, I'm less mad if we lose that to Jaron Hall than someone who doesn't even know the playbook or anything. Um, just fucking blitz the guy. Like props on that fourth down. He made an unbelievable play. Like that was just an unbelievable play. The evading the sack, scrambling for what, 15 plus yards. Like that was amazing, yeah. whatever. But for him to even be in that game, granted Dobbs can play. Like he's shown that. Like the Cardinals outperformed even with him, even with only one win they outperformed. But uh, you know, to lose that game outright to someone who was just who just got there Tuesday and probably just got on the practice field on Thursday, that's a fireable offense. It truly I don't is. Even and I think Arthur Smith's a practiced. decent coach, but I don't right, like he might not have even practiced. That's what's crazy about it. And he went out there and won a game. Like I, again, props to Dobbs because that must be incredibly hard to like just not know the verbiage, the route patterns, all that, and then you know 
not only did he play well, but to secure the win, that's completely concerning for the Falcons. They could have took not control of that division, but had real momentum in a day where the Saints won against the Bears. I mean, you got to favor the Saints in that division now. You just have to. And that's including all the talent that the Falcons have. And that includes even me feeling better about the squad with Heineke. But that's a terrible loss for the Falcons, absolutely. And I would add to that. Sorry, I would add to that. What I'm concerned with, and I see this every week, uh, I complain about NBA refs a lot because I think they're very soft. And I feel like, I just feel like they make soft calls in general. But once you get to playoff time, you usually have the right crews in there. You might have some questionable calls here throughout the game. But overall, my concern with the NFL officiating, and this is probably an ongoing theme every year, but just how inconsistent they are, especially with like what's catchable, what's not catchable. Um, like that intentional grounding call on that Josh Allen last night came way late. Uh, you, you know, I see where they're going with that call, but I mean, they usually don't make that call on that. I mean, there was, there was people in the area. He was inside the pocket. Like they could have, they could have left that one. Uh, the rough and the passer call on Mac, uh, the defenseless receiver calls. Those are very hit or miss. Uh, there's just so much inconsistencies across the board with the NFL officiating, especially on those type of 50-50 calls to me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, concerning. I agree I agree with that. I think, like, even if they were really ticky-tack, like every one of them, but you called it across the league, at least you would go in knowing, like, okay, that's what we know. That's what we know. And in the playoffs, if it adjusted, like in the NBA it adjusts, you'd be like, okay, it's the playoffs. They're playing for more. There's more on the line. Like, people are going to be willing to give their bodies off a little more. Like, the Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, he got hit the same exact way in the Super Bowl. I mean, in the AFC Championship game last year, and the, and against the Dolphins, one was called, one was not, and you would so like it just it confused me because like because me personally, I get like I would have I believe Kyle and I, you and I talked about this last year. We went off like I was I hated that call last yeah, see, year. See, I didn't because like that's what the call is. But I, I'm fine with it not. I would have been fine with it not being called. But I understand why it was called. Like it just isn't the inconsistency. You're completely right. But Timmy a little alluded to it a little bit. But I'm gonna dive much deeper into it. The Seahawks are my concern, and Geno Smith is even more of my concern. Geno this year, nine touchdowns, seven picks, eighty-six point four rating. Like yesterday, thirteen to twenty-eight, buck fifty-seven and a pick. They haven't had a good, I mean, they haven't had a good win since Detroit, unless you want to count. They put up 37 on the Panthers, but again, that's the Panthers. So, like, and they're not really good. But other than that, over the last four games, I believe they've averaged uh, 17, or no, 12 and a half points a game over the last seven, uh, four games. Just can't happen, especially from a team that wants to. You're not competing with the 49ers. You're not competing with the Cowboys. You're not competing with the Lions. You're not competing with Philly like that. Hell, you might not compete with the Saints like that. Like the Saints, like right now, I mean, I would pick the Seahawks in a game with the Saints, but the Saints have been playing some pretty decent football. Obviously against the Bears, it was a little up and down, but again, I mean, you're going to have games like that. But the Seahawks and Geno Smith are my concern right now. I feel as if they are a team that definitely can get there, but they need to, they're going to need to adjust things too. And Gino's probably not your long-term answer too. So you might have to, depending on where you are and what happens there, you're going to have to see if you can adjust with that. But 
for this season, this season specifically, they can still, I mean, Timmy and I believe they could get to the Super Bowl, and I still think that they have the ability to win games. It's just they've got to get that offense correct. They have too much talent on there. Yeah, Gino looks like, Gino's putting up Mac Jones numbers right now. He definitely seems like he reverted back to earth to some degree. Um, There still is a lot of season left, and there's a lot of talent on that offensive side of the ball. So I'm not going to completely discount him, but I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no question he's taking a step back this season. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So we talked about the highs, talked about a little bit of the lows. Right now, who are your guys' top five teams in the NFL, both conferences? My top five in no particular order. Um, no I particular order. The Lions, Ravens, Chiefs. Eagles and Bengals. Okay. Um, is any re- so any reason you don't have the 49ers, Cowboys, Dolphins in there at all? Just curious as to why you chose those teams above. Um, the 49ers was the one that I wanted to put in. Um, having three losses and like they shouldn't have lost the Browns. They shouldn't have lost the Vikings. You know, those are all very concerning losses. I can understand the loss to the Bengals, but those losses just kind of added up and they were just like just barely like I'd put them at six. That's how close mm. they were to being here. Um, those other two teams were about, I'm going to talk about them in a second. Let me move on to the next segment, to be honest with you. Uh, mm. But uh, it was hard and I was going to put them at five, but the way the Bengals been playing, they look really good. So um, I just think the 49ers, like I said, they're six. They just can't make my top five. And that's fair enough. I mean, head to head, one outclassed the other. I mean, and, and there was in for, in San Fran. So completely understand that. Kyle, how about you? My five would be the Eagles and Chiefs, the Super Bowl participants from last year, the Ravens, then I'd have the Niners in there, and then it would be between the Bengals and the Cowboys. Uh, I think right now I would trend towards the Bengals. They definitely look like the better team. But I do want to say, like, the Cowboys, since their bye week, they look – pretty damn good mm-hmm. i mean they look pretty good yesterday the eagles tried to lose that game yesterday trust me as someone who had them on quite a few different wagers like they scared the shit out of me it was completely uncharacteristic of them on that third short to throw the ball deep and then they were trying to give the the game away with the uh with the penalties there at the end um but Dak looked good i mean you know, the delay of game notwithstanding, they should have won that game. The Cowboys sh- truly should have. But, I mean, honestly, I thought that was going to be closer to what the Eagles-Dolphins game was than what we ended up getting yesterday. Uh, so I'll probably give the edge to the Bengals, but Cowboys are right there. They're like my 5B. So Eagles, Ravens, Chiefs, Niners, Bengals. Um, yeah, that game yesterday was a very good game. It lived up to like what we wanted to going into it. It was never a point where you're like, ah, oh, this game's boring. This is annoying. Like, it was very good. Dak played exactly as I thought he would. I thought he was going to be very good. Um, everything about that game went pretty much as I thought. I just thought the Cowboys were going to come on to come up on top 28 to 24 and end up being the Eagles 28-23. But my five is actually exactly the same as Timmy's. Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals, Ravens, Lions. Um, Right now, the reason why I would have the Lions slightly ahead of the 49ers is the 49ers definitely have more top-end talent. I just feel like the Lions have more of their identity. I know right now they're kind of 
the 49ers are kind of trying to figure out exactly how to implement Purdy in tough situations because they hadn't had to deal with it before. And since you haven't had to deal with it, you don't know how to adjust to it. Not that they can adjust to it going forward because they will be, I think that they will be able to correct it, figure out where to put him in spots where he's comfortable, where he's not. And obviously it comes down some on Purdy. Like, can you make those plays late? But I just feel like the Lions... You have more of a veteran quarterback. They know exactly what they want to do. They want to run the ball, but they also can score with you. So if they do get down seven, they can they can go get you they can go get you points. They don't have to only play from with a lead. That's why I'd edge the Lions just a hair. But I understand the 49ers have so much talent on their roster, so I can't even hate on you for having them. But that'd be there. And I also want to give some credit to the Jags. I think the Jags are playing some very good football. Josh Allen defensively has been playing very well. ETN has been running all over teams uh trevor lawrence is just making the right plays right now so i would consider that they were in my like six to seven range too i would say this if the jags outright beat the niners in week 10 uh not only would i remove the niners but you know the jags would absolutely have to be in that top five given again what their schedule's been and how they've come out these last five or six weeks um my counter would be i think the niners completely know their identity their identity is not their issue i think First of all, I mean, I think they got pretty banged up in that Browns game. Vikings game, we see now, like, that Vikings seems pretty good. You know, they can throw on anybody, especially when it was Kirk Cousins. But, you know, it looks like it'll still be the case with Dobbs. That defense is coming along. Uh, Purdy gets concussed in that game, we find out later. Then they get housed by the Bengals. They just straight up look like the better team. Um, So I'm, talent-wise and Purdy-wise, I'm really not too worried. Like you said, Keenan, they really need to figure out, like, they're come from behind victories. That's that's a Shanahan thing, though. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the stat, but if Shanahan's down by more than three points in the fourth quarter, he's got a below 500 record. I don't know the exact record, but if he's down seven or eight points, he has never won a game trailing seven or eight going into the fourth quarter. Never won a game, which is insane. So they have to have everything going right for them to win. I did not realize it was to that degree, but that's crazy. It's been infamous for him to be to blow late leads. I mean, he had I believe they had a lead late against the Rams that they ended up losing in the NFC championship game. Obviously, Jimmy G threw the pick at the end. Obviously, he was the offensive coordinator in the 28 to three comeback from uh, the Patriots and then uh, the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Jimmy G, I think, went three of 11, 30 yards and a pick, but still orchestrated that offense there. And Mahomes came back on him. So he's got. He's got a little bit to prove when it comes to those kind of things, just to kind of show like, okay, no, I'm really, I'm really that next level coach. It's kind of his little bugaboo, but uh, anything else about these teams or are we going to the next, next thing we want to talk about here? One thing I want to say is that the 49ers, I wouldn't say I'm concerned about them as a team. I'm more concerned about Purdy. And maybe it was just the concussion thing. Like Kyle said, he got the concussion. And then usually there is a stat saying that the week after a concussion, if the quarterback plays, they don't ever play up to expectations. And that could have been it. It could have just been, you know, he had a concussion. Shouldn't even have played that next week. And then we're obviously having concern. But like Keenan said, defenses are kind of figuring out Purdy. And, you know, they're figuring out how to work against him. Um, and that's kind of yep. what we've seen the last three weeks. So if I have any concern with the 49ers, it is only with Purdy. I think their defense will be fine. I think their offensive skill positions are great still. Um, obviously want to see Debo back on the field. And I think that will help Purdy uh, going forward. But yep. Purdy's good. 
and they're good and there's no concern about them for sure Purdy's gonna be your biggest um concern and then really it's kind of just getting making sure the defense has a little bit more um a little more creativity. I know sometimes they can be kind of plain Jane. I mean, they're so talented, so they're they're able to get away with that a lot of the time. But a little maybe bit more just needs Chase Young. That might maybe yeah. Does I say Chase Young <laughs> might be able to make that there? I mean, just a little bit more creativity on their play calling and how that goes. But the 49ers, I'm again, I I don't really have concerns about them. They're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be a tough team to beat. Uh, right now, I would just have the Lions a little bit ahead of them. But Kyle, you were going to say something. Yeah, I just it's funny with Purdy. This season's gone exactly the opposite. Like I thought he was gonna start slow and then they'd come along around this time, mm-hmm. you know, November going into the postseason. But they started hot and now they're starting to cool off. I just think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um I still like, you know, I mean obviously it's just we're going into week ten, but I would have a hard time seeing head to head the Lions beating the Niners right now. I still want to see a little more for the Lions. Um, I mean, we saw how it went with Baltimore a couple weeks ago. So I just want to see them more against top-end teams a little more, and it doesn't look like we're going to see that with uh, the rest of their schedule. I think they schedule. play the Cowboys so, late. I, think, I want to yeah, say they, they play they the Cowboys like week 17. Like It's like it's like one yeah. of their precursor games to like fix everything, and then, okay, let's see what we have right before the playoffs. I think that's where it is. But they have like one good opponent within the last three weeks, and that's pretty much that which is why i think they're prop i think they definitely could be the one seed it all depends on how good the eagles continue to look i think that them being the one seed's a decent bet right now just because of the fact that their schedule is so easy they could end up 13 and 4 easy um so on that said other side what three teams would you say are in the most trouble right now? If you don't have three, you don't have three, but what teams would you say are in the most kind of trouble right now? This, I do have three. Um, it was hard for me to pick if I wanted to go with like only playoff teams or just teams in general. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of did a mix of both. So the team for me that I actually think is the most concerning going forward, being able to win football games is the New York Giants. I literally do not think they can win a football game going on in this. And they play the Commanders. They could score 10 points and beat the Commanders. I literally don't think they can do that. So um, I'm worried about the Giants going forward. I'm worried about Daniel Jones' health. Um, Is he going to be their guy next year? I don't know. Depends on what pick they get this year, I think. Um, Then the next, these next two teams – I don't really know if I want to put this third team. It's really close, but I am concerned about the Dolphins. They haven't beat a team over 500. Every time they face a good opponent, they lose. Um, at least they hung with the Chiefs a little bit better than they did with the Eagles, um, and they scored the same amount of points as the Chiefs, 14 each, but um, in, in the long run, they just couldn't, couldn't close it out. Um, and then I do have a little bit of concern on the Cowboys for the same exact reasons as the Dolphins. It's once they play a quality opponent, we kind of see them they hung a lot better this week than they did with the 49ers, but um, they didn't get the win, uh, the delay game at the end. Um, I don't necessarily think the sack was his fault, but that delay game definitely kind of killed their momentum. Yep. They they just have time management issues. That's the thing with them. That's the toughest. Uh, Kyle, how about you? What are your teams? They seem to have Cowboys issues because only the Cowboys would get a delay a game. Yeah. Like coming off a penalty, 
Like that's completely inexcusable. Um, honestly, I think any other week the Cowboys would be in my concern, but I really did not expect them to play that well against the Eagles. And really, I mean, the Eagles really did have that game in the bag and then kind of helped them out on that third and short. But um, it's hard to say. It's hard to say who my teams I'm concerned for. I guess, weirdly enough, I just had them in my top five. I would be concerned about the Niners with Purdy, you know. But as far as all the top end teams, I would say them and, you know, the Seahawks, Kim, you yeah. you said it perfectly with Geno. I mean, they got all kinds of talent on that team. Uh, they probably, I haven't looked at their schedule, but I'm going to guess it's a little easier given where they ended up last year in the NFC West. So they should be okay to kind of correct it and give Geno some Ooh. cupcake games to get it right down the stretch. <laughs> what they got. Next week they have the Commanders, and then they have the Rams. So those are two games that kind of get back right. But then you got the 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. Ooh. <laughs> And then they got this. I cannot wait for that 49ers stretch. 49ers, Eagles. Two games. 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. And they have the Titans, which will play you tough, but they should win that game. And then they have the Steelers, which is no easy game. So that's a five out of those six is a tough one. And the Vrabel's not going to make it easy. That's a tough six-game stretch there. So we'll see what team they are coming out. Obviously, I mean, they'll be right to close to the end of the season, but we'll know how much confidence we can have in them even halfway through that stretch, really. And you know, I think two game, two teams I would have concern about. I don't really because of just their record. Uh, I would normally have concern about a team like the Steelers, who have a talented team but not a great quarterback. But they just continue to win regardless, mm-hmm. <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, same with the Browns. I mean, sure enough, right on cue. What was it? Friday, Friday or Saturday? We hear Deshaun's going to play. Yep. Like Thursday when we recorded, it didn't seem. It seemed like PJ Walker was going to play. Yep. Right on cue, this fucking weird ass injury. Deshaun, yep, I'm playing. They shut out the Cardinals, and I just don't. I just don't know what to think of them week to week. I can't say it's concern. If my concern was anywhere, it'd be with Deshaun, I guess. But that team seems like they're either going to pull out a surprise win or just get blown out. One of the two. Uh, so. I mean, who else? Who else we got? I mean, if look, if I'm a fan of these teams, I'd be concerned. And that's Tim mentioned it, the Dolphins and then the Bills. The Bills really should be on, uh, might not make the playoffs watch. Who knows? I mean, it's going to be weird for that last seed in the AFC. Um, You could throw the Chargers in there, of course, with Staley. Everything they got going on. Again, I think it's completely possible they blow this game tonight. Oh, absolutely. You know, if they have a different head coach, they have a competent head coach. They, you know, we're not even thinking about this game tonight you know we might say the jets play him stingy da 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 but i'm completely ready for a 20 to 17 jets win tonight even though i picked the chargers but like would not surprise me in the least if <laughs> the jets win by one score wouldn't, Who knows? wouldn't shark me at all um so my the seahawks i'm concerned about and i I've, just gave you five teams <laughs> it's okay give like five or six uh the seahawks i definitely have concern about that's one of my teams because of the fact of what i already talked about gino has not been the same gino from last year been higher mistake less success um less completion percentage less up around the board that offense looks a little up and down they haven't put together a complete game this year they either like when they scored 37 against the panthers they allowed 27 to the panthers or they went to overtime with the uh they went overtime with the Lions. I think it was 38 to 32, possibly went around that score there. So like their defense didn't play with there. Well, and the last cup few weeks, their defense, I mean, this week 
aside, their defense has actually played pretty decent. They had the Bengals to 19. They were still trying to figure themselves out, but the offense wasn't able to produce. So that was one of them. The Dolphins is another. They haven't beat a good team all season. Every time, and it's like they were down 21 to nothing to the Chiefs. The Eagles had that game in hand the entire time. I understand it was a little bit more back and forth, but like watching that game, you were never really concerned. Or you never, like, as an Eagles fan, you weren't watching, like, we're chilling. Like, when you're watching the week this week, Sunday against the Cowboys, as an Eagles fan, you're like, what are we doing? As Kyle just said, when he's, he's, put money on the Eagles. So he became a de facto Eagles fan. He was like, oh, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> I don't feel too confident. Like against the Dolphins, you're like, yeah, we got this game. And then obviously the Bills was just a route from the second quarter on. I mean, first quarter, they kind of went back and forth. And speaking of the third team would be the Bills. Aside from that win, they won 49 to 20. They're, they're 0-3 against teams that are 500. Josh Allen in those games, six touchdowns to set, six touchdowns, seven turnovers. It's a little bit more skewed. I'll say five to two more so because that's against the Jags and the Bengals because the first week was against the Jets, and that's when he had his five turnover game. But Josh hasn't looked great. They've averaged 18 points a game through those three games that they've lost. Just the Bills, they're just in a spot now where it's really just so Josh Allen-centric and that you can't win like that. He's... He's not head and shoulders the best quarterback in the league because like not even Mahomes could really win like that. Like he's not head and shoulders the best quarterback in the league and has such a command over the entire NFL where it's easy. Like in the NBA, you kind of can get like LeBron at times could kind of just with a lesser cast do a lot more with him, and that's one because he's twenty percent of the court because obviously he only has five players instead of having eleven. But there's just an easier command, and he's playing offense and defense, but. Like they just, it's so Josh Allen centric. You have Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis is pretty good. Dalton Kincaid's coming along, but the Bengals aren't scared of them. The Chiefs aren't scared of them. The Ravens aren't scared of them. Like no one really fears the they they fear what they could be, but no one actually goes into those games really fearing the uh, the Bills. There's another team that I think they're in trouble right now. Hit a panic button. I would argue. Uh, I'd argue LeBron hasn't played defense in like three years, unless it's the playoffs, but. So oh, I'm LeBron, not worried about. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm not talking about this LeBron right now. I mean, like 2016, 17, early, early LeBron when he could put the more of a team on him, his shoulder like that. Not right now, he can't. It's not that he's not head and shoulders the, the best Bill, player in the league. He's not even that. Sorry, going. The Bills. I do wonder if it's um, a Sean McDermott issue, and I don't even want to call it an issue because he's done could, a great job since he's taken over, but. Like Josh Allen. So they pick up Damian Harris over the offseason, and like he was pretty fantastic for the Pats. I mean, like you could count on him in short yardage. He scored a lot, like a lot, a lot. Like I thought he was going to be a pro bowler at some time. Like that's someone he can get you tough yards. He's a power back. There's no reason why they can't feature him more. Uh, They got talent at receiver. They got talent at tight end. That defense, for as banged up as they are, played really well last night. Like they, especially in the second half, kept the Bengals out of the end zone for the most part. Um, So, you know, I don't really understand it. Josh Allen, as talented as he is, like you said, he's going to make a couple dumb throws a game. Like, it's just who he is. But, yeah, there's no reason for it to be on his shoulders. Like, even with, again, the defensive injuries, there's a ton of talent on that offense. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like on a given week, they could beat anybody and they could lose to anybody. And... 
I'm really interested to see what it's what it's like with McDermott here for the next couple of years because they should make it to the playoffs. We don't really know. It's gonna be tight. Uh, they're five and four now. Uh, it's just gonna be if really they tight miss for them. The they playoffs, still got the Dolphins game. If they miss the playoffs, which I predicted before the season that they would, I think that I thought the Jets were gonna be better, and I think that I thought the Dolphins are gonna be better. I still think the Dolphins are gonna be better. And listen, if the Bills want to keep playing like this, the Jets might find them. I mean, they win tonight. They're five and three. So with the tiebreaker, so technically the Bills would be be- the t- Bills would be below them somehow because they have they have the head to head tiebreaker. But it's just like Sean McDermott, if they miss the playoffs, I don't know if he'll be fired, but he's definitely on a hot seat. Like, cause you've gotten worse every single year from the point where you hit your pinnacle, obviously. So like you went to the AFC championship game and then you had the game against Mahomes where obviously that was in the divisional, but that was an all time classic game. Then last year you got, you just got beat down in the divisional and then you'd miss the playoffs. It was like, it's kind of just gotten worse and worse every single year for him. And at some point, especially in the NFL coaches do change. So you'll, we'll see. We'll see if he still has his job. I would assume that he would at least one more year, but we never know. The NFL is a crazy up and down place. Okay. I just want to be clear. Like, I don't think he should necessarily lose his job if they miss the playoffs, but I do find it weird that like when you hear people talk about the bills, his name doesn't come up a lot when it comes to their issues. It sounds like everyone wants to put it on Josh Allen more than the coach, which is it's funny to me. But I thought they played no, better. You're correct. Like, I would have been surprised if the Bengals won by two scores last night. And, you know, the Bills' defense kept them in it. So they're just mm. a confounding team to me. They are. I was going to say, the more, thing, the more concern for me with Josh Allen is just they're asking him to do too much rather than, like, and, so, and like, we know he's prone to making stupid plays. Like he's going to like with the great, he's going to give you two spectacular plays and he's going to give you two stupid ones. The stupid ones might not always be turnovers. It's like they say, always said with Brock Favre, Favre's going to throw you three a game. You just got to catch it. You just got to make the play on him. So, but that's, yeah, that's that. Um, moving on. I do have some real or fakes. Um, I don't know if you did. You guys have any of prepared yourself? I didn't figure you guys did, but I'm just checking in to make sure. Okay, no. Wow, shots. <laughs> oh no, no, no! It's because I told. I literally said that I was gonna prepare some. I didn't figure you guys did. Um, so first one, first one's interesting. C.J. Stroud will be able to make a legitimate MVP case, real or fake. Uh, that one is fake. It is very difficult for rookies to win the MVP. They're just going to give him Offensive Rookie of the Year. There's no way they would leapfrog that award and give him MVP, even if he was playing at an MVP level. They would just be like, this is the standard for best rookie season potentially ever. Um, I think he is the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, the way he's been playing is just going away. Lights out. Going away. What? I said going away. <laughs> it's oh, it's not yeah, close no. to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like nobody. Every, we always we a lot of people predicted Bijan, but he's not getting the usage to even put him in that no. category. Uh, and Stroud just looks like the best quarterback of this class, and he wasn't even the first overall pick. So I'll say this is fake. Offensive rookie of the year. If that was the question, it's a one hundred percent real. Uh, but there's no way they'll leapfrog and give him the MVP. 
All right, Kyle, how about you? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to say fake. Um, I mean, number one, the Texans are just a much different team on the road than they are at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they happen to go out and like outright beat the Bengals this week, like if CJ Stroud outduels Joe Burrow, then yeah, you might have to give it some credence, especially heading into week 11 of the season, especially if he has another performance like he did this weekend. Uh, but in general, no, I think they're going to be in the position for that wild card, but he'd have to be trending towards, you know, one of the top three seeds for that to happen, which it very well could. But right now I'm going to I'm gonna ride with NFL history and say he is not that guy yet. But, I mean, hey, he's already better than the majority of the league. I mean, we've talked about it week after week, the quality of play mm. at QB. Um, I think the better question is real or fake fucking NFL scouts with these QBs. Like, I mean, I don't pay that much attention anymore, but I mean, the shit I did here last year was like Bryce Young, Bryce Young, and which he still might be good, but I mean, like, look how Will Levis looks. Look how Stroud looks. Like, it seems like year after year, the guy who they tout as the number one guy, unless it's Andrew Luck or Lawrence, that it often ends up being some guy from the second or third round or, you know, later first round pick. Like it never seems like it's the first quarterback taken or rarely. I should yeah. say. Yeah. I have, I had Stroud at my 14. Like he wanted with that performance alone, he tried to get into the top 10. I'm not going to, I mean, one performance is not going to make him just instantly jump up to that, but he tried to say Brock Purdy, I Brock Purdy, Stafford cousins, uh, golf Dak. Like those would be like the five, six ahead of him. He's trying to say get smooth. <laughs> like I'm trying to get there. Like with every touchdown. Um. So C.J. Stroud can be a legitimate MVP candidate. If top five is a legitimate MVP candidate, then I think it is real. If that's if it's top three, I think I might lean fake. But if it's top five, if you count top five a real candidate, then I think it'd be real because I do think this team can get to nine and eight ten and seven with their schedule uh they have the Bengals, the cardinals jags um broncos jets titans browns titans colts those titans and colts games they could go three and oh in it they may not obviously it's a division so even two and one they can beat the broncos and jets that's four wins right there that would put them at eight and then between the Browns, Bengals, or Cardinals, I think would be a win. Between the Browns, Bengals, and Jags, if they can go one and two, I think they can get them to nine, ten. And I think them being ten and seven, making the playoffs, and if CJ stays on this kind of trajectory, which would be thirty touchdowns to five picks, roughly. I mean, well, his actual trajectory would be twenty to two, but some around something around that. I think he actually could get it, especially because this year there's not a definitive guy. Tua, you would have there probably, but at the same time, how do you feel about a guy who's only putting up numbers against bad teams? Mahomes has too many turnovers. He hasn't been playing phenomenal. He's been playing good football, but he hasn't been head and shoulders. Uh, Josh Allen, no. I did say three weeks ago that Joe Burrow in about four weeks from now would be in the MVP conversation. I very much think that he could be in that conversation as well if he continues to do what he's doing. Um, uh, Tyree kill with that performance. He's got to do something otherworldly. So when you can't have performances like he did last week. So like, I just think that it's actually possible, which is crazy. I don't think it, I don't think the MVP award is, sorry, go on. It's right there for the taking. 
Um, like, especially like if you're Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts, oh, it's right the there one. for the taking. Lamar I didn't mention, uh, but Lamar absolutely think, probably leading it right now for me. If everything trends the way it does right now, like let's just say Lamar keeps playing the way he's playing and he wins the MVP award, it will be the most like pedestrian MVP award that I can remember in recent memory. Because like you said, no one's separating themselves. Uh, Hurts, he scores a lot, especially on the rushing side. And, he, you know, he'll get you touchdowns with the talent around him. But I think his season was better last year. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. it's really weird. But, I mean, if if Stroud can truly trend towards a 10-7, and seven, maybe not necessarily a divisional uh, division winner, but if they can get to ten and seven, and it's thirty to five, then yeah, you you almost got to put them right up there, you know, in the top three. But I don't, yeah. I don't see all of ten wins and thirty touches that, and, and five picks happening. I think the picks will catch that, up a little bit, but he might have the touchdowns, fair. and I could see nine they wins could, before I could see ten. If they get to ten, say they could he's a legit out. candidate. Yeah, he might, and he, if he can they get might to 10, honestly. That's a tough schedule, though, low-key, the way you just laid out. I mean, having the Browns there, the Browns will have them in absolute hell, probably. Uh, And then, you know, four divisional games. Mm -hmm. The Jets' defense is tough. Like, the schedule's not, like, particularly easy, but this Texans team, which I was one of the higher people on them, I had, like, six, seven wins. If they got to ten? Okay. Um, When do they play the Jags, by the way? Two weeks from now. Perfect. Three weeks from now, they play the Bengals next week, the Cardinals, and then they play the uh, the Jags in in Houston. And the Cardinals, nice have Ky- uh, Car- Cardinals have Cardinals Kyler coming back. This oh Sunday. yeah, they they will have Kyler coming back by then. Um, and so my next one, the Vikings can win a playoff game, real or fake. That's a tough one. I would have 100% with Kirk said real. The thing with Dobbs, it's just they played the Falcons. He looked good. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say real. I think this defense has been playing pretty good. Um, and I was just talking about concern about the Falcons offense in the red zone. Maybe it was just the Vikings defense just playing really well. Um, their Their defense has been way better than they were last year. And then Dobbs, he looks like he's a guy who can make something happen. So I'm gonna say real. It's really close. It really just depends on their matchup. But sure, why not? Yeah, if Dobbs can get a true command of the offense, if he can get a true command of the offense, uh, I don't see why not. Uh, Like Tim said, if this was Kirk Cousins, absolutely. I mean, I said in week three or four, I see this team making some sort of leap, and. You know, I think, like I said earlier, I think all of us would have wrote them off for this week at least, you know, given who was starting. And, uh, you know, they showed that they wanted to do something by trading for Dobbs. And, uh, man, if he can keep building from there and get actual camaraderie and they can keep this thing chugging along, I don't see why not. They get the passing attack to do it. Uh, Flores seems to have a better hold of this defense. They're performing much better. Um, It would obviously depend on matchup, but, I mean, man, they truly get the passing attack to do it. Justin Jefferson's coming back in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm really yeah. interested to see what their offseason looks like. Like, do they retain Kirk? Do they keep him and Dobbs? Uh, obviously, you got to take into account what Cousins looks like after an Achilles injury, uh, but they're very interesting to me. They got talent all over mm-hmm. the field, let alone their offense. So I'm very interested to see what that team looks like next year, what their offseason looks like. 
But again, maybe Cousins gets the Aaron yeah. Rodgers and he's playing in the fucking divisional round. Who the fuck knows at this point? But I don't, which I still haven't heard. <laughs> which, I haven't heard. And if they did, I'm assuming he got the normal procedure. I, yeah, they went I'm to two different to two different doctors. Okay, uh, so yeah. Rogers went to like California. I don't know where, but uh, yeah, Kirk did not. He got a different one. Hmm. He went to the ayahuasca lab, but um, yes. So we got and we got two weeks before Rogers. Uh, right? We didn't act. Week twelve is the target. Uh, yeah, we got pretty much like I would say pretty much Thanksgiving. Week, maybe week after, so he might be back in December. <laughs> um, I don't know. But me, I actually think that it is possible. I, I just, I have confidence in Josh Dobbs. Like, I really do. It's the same thing with Taylor Heineke. I just have, like, there are these players that aren't really that good, but they maximize their potential to the, the absolute extreme. Like, Josh Dobbs is never going to be, in my opinion, a top five-ish, 10, 10 quarterback. But he's just a guy, like, could I see him go into Detroit randomly and win a game with a team who hasn't been there? Could I see him play like randomly? Could I see him going to Seattle? You know what? Seattle's such a tough place to play. But even then, I would be like, you know what? Because the ta- the talent of the team isn't like this, where I think the Eagles or the 49ers, the talents like this. I mean, they beat the 49ers, but different situation. I think the talent's completely different. But in this case, maybe. So I'm going to say it's real. I'm gonna say it's. Do real. you have more confidence? And I got one more. Do you have more you. confidence in the Vikings with Dobbs than Cousins? One. No, I have more. I have more confidence. I have more confidence with Cousins. To be, the last drive of a game. I have more. Conf- I have more with Cousins. I don't want to go. I was gonna say you're you're notorious. You're notorious Cousins. A- I want to say hater, but. Uh, you're not the biggest Cousins fan. Skeptic, skeptic. I'll call it. Yeah, yeah. I'll call it Skeptic. That's why I asked. Skeptic's a perfect word for it. But, like, part of, I don't know. There's just, there's sometimes there's this guy who have, like, this random little it factor to him. And Josh Jobs just feels like he has, like, that little it to him. And Kirk Cousins, to me, just is super, super talented. But he doesn't feel like he has that it. But that's fine. You can you don't have to have that it to be to be very good to be a super bowl um, winner either but my third one can i just last thing Keenan, i just want to cut you off while we're on you said you're a kirk cousin skeptic um will levis he's never done anything to me personally like he's never he hasn't beat the patriots in a big game um and he looks really good as a quarterback right now but he's one of these dudes that has like he fucking puts mayonnaise in his coffee so like if he for some like if he just started not having success I would hate on him. I, like, I'll openly hate on him. Like, cool if he has success, but if he starts to shit the bed, like, I won't feel the worst about it. Because as someone who loves food, that type of shit's despicable to me. So, you know, it has nothing to do with his play. has nothing to do with anything to do with on the field. But if he, like, if things start going bad for him, I'll openly root for that. Because, bro, what the fuck are you doing putting mayonnaise in your coffee and whatever else? There was other food combinations that were despicable, too. There's but That's one that sticks mm-hmm. out. There's a... There's a video of him eating a half brown banana with the peel on. He's just eating it uh, like a corn dog. I didn't know. I, I didn't want know. him to yeah, fail I want him. because of these videos. I openly want him to. If fail I too. didn't, I did not know that. 
I did not know that making the rankings, he might have just lost regular. Like, there are certain little things that people do that just make them, like, lose or they can gain. Like, they just do some, like, some people are just fan favorites, and then they just gain in your heart, and you want to see them succeed. But, yeah, that's Wouldn't cool. hurt me to see him not succeed. And the last one I'm going to do. <laughs> last one. The Radoffs. The, the Radoffs? The Raiders can make is this play. The Raiders. <laughs> is this a Quidditch team that I don't know about? The Radoffs. <laughs> the Las Vegas Radoffs. The, the Las Vegas Radoffs. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders like can team. make the playoffs. <laughs> Real or fake? Um... It's tough. I'm going to say fake. I think there's a lot of good AFC teams. If you're looking at the picture right now, I mean, the AFC North has like three teams in the picture. Um, four. And, all four. And their entire division. Four? Is the oh, damn. Yeah, with the, with the Bills yeah, pushing out. The, that's right. Yeah, the Steelers, Browns, and Bengals are your five, six, and seven. And obviously the Ravens are the two at seven and two. <laughs> you have the entire division. Do I think all four of them make it? No. I think we'll see like. At most, the three of them make it, and then either the Steelers or the, the Browns fall out. I don't dismiss it, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. I could see the Bills missing the playoffs. I could see the Jets missing the playoffs, and those are the two teams that I would be concerned about. For I, those I reasons, don't dismiss it. I'm saying Actually. this is fake for the Raiders just because the the season, obviously, yeah, there's way too many teams, and there's only three spots that they can be fighting for, and they're not going to win their division, so... Um, I'm going to say it's fake. Don't think they can beat those three teams. Uh, not with Matt Canada. Sorry, I, I, my brain is just thinking Steelers, but I don't think the Steelers can make it either. I hate Matt Canada so much. And they got him on the sideline now, too. They got to start They got to start showing him. Yeah, they brought him down. They got to start showing him more on the sideline, too. Um, just talking about the AFC North prospects, I completely agree. Like, my mind wants to say the Steelers drop out, but I absolutely could see all four making it. I don't see the Browns dropping out, even though there's weeks where Deshaun looks more questionable than Pickett. Uh, but they at least get three in, I would think. Uh, I'm sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> uh, Raiders can make the playoffs. Real or yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, the Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders. Uh, in literal terms, it's real. I mean, they're not far out. I mean, they get a couple wins. They're right in the mix. I mean, they're technically in the mix still right now somehow, and they got a ton of talent on both sides of the ball, especially on offense. Uh, they can make a run at it. Aiden O'Connell looks good. Um, again, in the literal terms, yes, it's real. Uh, do I see them making the playoffs? No, they would, you know, be trending towards not making it for me. But in literal terms, yeah, it's real. They're right there. They're in the mix. And as we know, once it gets to, like, week 13, 14, it's always just like six or seven teams for that final playoff spot that are all somehow in the mix. And even that mm -hmm. one that's at the very bottom will be two or three weeks later in week 16, 17. And somehow they're still in the mix. Somehow they might even have a better chance. So um, who knows? Who the hell knows? But in literal terms, yes, it's real that they have a chance. Uh, by the way, Tim, thank you for sharing the sentiments so of Will Levis with me. I'm glad you openly hate him for the same reasons I do. Appreciate it. He's a very weird person. <laughs> I, I don't get how 
the NFL allows the quarterback position, which is like across sports the most popular position. Yeah, the potentially. Position yeah. How so many of them are just weirdos. Russ, Kirk, Will Levis now. They're just super weird people that don't know how to interact with people. Um, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. They should ban them. Yeah. Um, so it's <laughs> just get them out of here. To answer your question, that answer your question, which is my question, which are the Raiders. <laughs> no, I think it's fake. Why? Because I don't think they're talented enough when we're the spot they're in. And you, I'm not sure you guys didn't have this information that I do. Jets, Dolphins, Chiefs, Vikings, Chargers, Chiefs are their next six. They run the table on those next six. I don't know if you have two wins there. <laughs> if they run the table on those next six, they're going to the Super Bowl. Antonio Pierce Book is coach it. of the year. If they run the table on that. Book it. Oh, absolutely. Book it and book it. And Max Crosby's probably defensive player of the year because something's got something on that team's gotta go nuts. If they run the table playing the Chiefs twice, the Vikings, which we just praised and said they can win a playoff game, the Chargers, which have talent, the Dolphins and the Jets. But yeah. So I think it's fake. But so I got I'm gonna go to the what if. I've got a couple what ifs that are a little, they're a little not out there, but just interesting stuff. Not like definitive, cool, but cool. I'm just going to go on with it. Kyle, it was interesting that you mentioned coaching in the Chargers earlier. My what if was what if Bill Belichick was the coach of the Chargers? How well do we, how good do we think they are? They're probably a contender. They're probably a contender. I mean, that's if you still hold the sentiments that Belichick can coach. Um, I mean, I think the stuff that's hindered the Patriots is like penalties and stuff like that. It's like lack of focus stuff, which is definitely coaching, but it's also, it's just kind of weird all around. So hard to say, honestly, you would, I would, I would trend towards that. They would be successful with Belichick as the Chargers coach with all the elite talent with Justin Herbert as QB. That seems like a match made in heaven. Hmm. Timmy, what about you? I agree. Um, The two biggest things that keep the Chargers out of the contender bracket for me are, one, their defense is always pretty bad. If anything, it reaches like middle of the pack, and that's as good as it gets. And they have some star talent. Derwin James, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. They have players. So I think Bill kind of fixes that, makes them play a lot better. Um, And if that's the case, they're in a lot more games. And then the second thing that hinders them is their head coach. He makes bonehead decisions, going for it on fourth when he shouldn't, or whatever it is, he's always calling timeouts when they shouldn't. Um, Just so many things. The sloppiness of the head coaching position gets completely tightened up. Maybe the defense gets a little bit better. That completely turns this team around and does make them uh, a contender. Because then I think they're hanging with every team. They're not having a situation where the Chiefs are a 20-point lead at any point in the game. So I would say that they would definitely move up into the contender bracket. Um, And I think it would be a completely different – we'd be viewing the Chargers as a completely different team right now. Because a lot of people just write them off just because bad defense, bad coach. 
Belichick with Mac no, and Bosa is scary. So, I think. Yeah, and Derwin James. Mm. Could you imagine a better Kyle Duggar? <laughs> that's that's what Derwin James is. It's just a better version of Kyle Duggar. Like that's. So I, th- I think that this team would be very good. They would be a contender for sure. And I think that with Bill Belichick, we would figure out who Justin Herbert is. Because Kyle made a good point Thursday, I want to say. I think it was Thursday when we were talking about quarterbacks, how Justin Herbert, kind of like Sean McDermott and I were talking today, like coaches who get like a lot of blame put on. Like Justin Herbert kind of just avoids that because we – we do this thing where we find one thing and we always put it on that thing. Like with the Cowboys, oh, Cowboys, we found two. It's Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy. With the Bills, it's Josh Allen. With the Chargers, it's Brandon Staley. Because he's, we don't think he's a good coach, we always put it on Brandon Staley. When Justin Herbert has been the issue a lot, a lot of times as well, not making plays when he needs to make plays. So I think with Bill Belichick, that defense goes from, again, not being great to at least being closer to top 10. I really think with the talent, what he does in New England, if he gets that kind of, if he can do that with the talent we have in New England, they've got close to the talent that they have in in Los Angeles. So I think that defense gets there offensively. I think that they're good. And I think I, we just figure out what and who Josh, Justin Herbert is. Is he really a top five guy or is he like a top 10 ish 11 ish guy we figure out more so what he is so i think that they would be very interesting okay so these ones are not almost what ifs but they're also just questions they're kind of what questions so if you could relocate an nfl team where would you relocate them and what would be your team colors what team would you relocate where, and what would you team go random. random enough. That's a, a random out of nowhere. I figured that we'd throw it us a little little change up. I might get some criticism on this, uh, and it's it's hard to pick a city, but I would take one of the LA teams. I think that's the easiest choice, just because they're the only, obviously New York, but they they. Really, only need one team there. I think for their fan base, it would actually be better to just root for one team. You don't need to split them up. Uh, get one of those teams. So probably the Rams because they've already moved. Well, both teams have moved, but we'll take the Rams. We're gonna put them in Canada. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of the city. I'm thinking Toronto. Interesting. Bring some football, some real football to Canada because the CFL is just yeah. crazy. I don't know. The rules, they got like a completely different rule book. Just crazy rules over there. More players, weird fields. Uh, just show them what real football looks like. I think it actually could boost uh, the amount of Canadian football players in the league too. So mm-hmm. I think that would be a good thing. And then it's it's kind of viewed like the NBA where NBA has a couple uh, Canadian teams. So, do they um, What would be your colors? One. Just uh, one. Uh, what would be your colors? Um... Uh, that's the tough question. I think I like orange, so we'll go like orange and black as like the primaries. Yeah, so kind of like okay. the browns, but a darker. Okay, uh, Kyle, how about you? I'm gonna kind of break the rules a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna relocate. I'm gonna right. relocate these teams. Tim's completely right. We don't need two teams in LA. 
No one even cares about the Chargers. And from what I hear, no one really cares about the Rams either. So let's put the Rams back in St. Louis. There was nothing wrong there. They had a good fan base. Let's put the Chargers mm-hmm. back in San Diego. They definitely had a dedicated fan base. Uh, they had a pretty rich history there, honestly, mm-hmm. in San Diego, from Dan Fouts to Vidanian Tomlinson, Philip Rivers, all those guys, Antonio Gates. Like, put them back in San Diego. Sean Merriman. We're going to, Sean Merriman. We're going to take the Raiders, even though Vegas, you know, seems to fit with the Raiders. We're going to put the Raiders in LA. That's where they belong. And we're also, we're going to keep the Jets in New Jersey because fuck the Jets. And we're going to put the New York Giants in the city, move them to actually playing in the city. So there's really no real relocation. So, but I do think, you know, the NFL in Vegas goes hand in hand. So we would just put a team. I got to take a current team and move them. That's what I got to do. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take yeah. another team, put them in Vegas. And I'm going to say... Brandon Petty might not like this, but we're going to take the Jaguars and put them in Vegas because that's been the team that's been most talked about. Haven't Lawrence in Vegas would be kind of be lit. Kind of would be. Kind of would be. And I think I think the Jags are kind of like they've been on the verge of losing teams just for like fans not showing up. I guess I, I want to say that was a thing a couple of years ago. Um, so they'd be my candidate right now. Keen, I'll let you answer. I guess I got to do the team colors too, right? Yeah. If I had to change it, I mean, otherwise I'd keep it the same, kind of like the Rams did when they moved to LA. Uh, I would say red and black. Mm. That would fit the Vegas theme. Those are my favorite. That's my favorite color combo anyway. So maybe the Jags and and red and black. Um, Yeah, in Vegas. And I'll think of one while you answer, Keen. I'll think if there's another team I would move out of their city, one that doesn't fit. Let me pull the teams up. But right off the top, Jags moving to Vegas realign everything else so i'm actually closer with timmy than i thought i was gonna be i'm i'm taking a duo but i'm taking the jets i'm moving them to toronto and they're switching to baby blue tan and white and black i've I've always been a baby blue and tan guy i think that that color combinations fire so i'm moving them to toronto i think that would be really cool if i had to move another team I'm probably, I would say I'm moving the Commanders. And where would I, I would, I, wa- I was, when I was doing this, I was trying to think of like, I wanted one close to Vermont because I think that would be so cool to have a team up there, but there's nowhere. Put the put Pats in, in Burlington. You have to put them in. <laughs> you would have to, you'd have to move them to like Manchester or. Something like you'd have to move him somewhere like Pat's that. Pat's almost moved to Hartford back but in the day. I don't there before Kraft took him over. Yeah, but I mean, the one that I have is would be the taking the Jets to Toronto, baby blue, tan and white, and then the Commanders moving. I think the Commanders are a team that also could move where montreal maybe too if i want to leave i think montreal could be i was just thinking you're talking about getting close to vermont you could totally just put them in montreal i would put them in montreal oh boy sherbrooke that would be (laughs) (laughs) the only sherbrooke commanders (laughs) the only other team that i could come up with that i'm like like why do they have a team would be the other one of the other florida teams and that's tampa bay uh so either the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. or the Jags, but the Bucks have actually won 
two Super Bowls, so you can't really take them out. So, like I said, all that realignment, mm-hmm. take the Jags out of Jacksonville. But if I was being nice and like, hey, you know, because Petty's my guy, like keep him in Jacksonville, keep him in his home city. Uh, yeah, let's take the Jets and move them wherever. It's always fuck the Jets on my part. So, I mean, if we want to take the Jets and move them to like Alaska, that would be pretty cool. That would be some sort of home field advantage for like them. Move them to like Montana. <laughs> Montana. <laughs> move them to like just plain move Montana. To, move them to plain the North Montana. Dakota Jets. Or because it's the Jets for some reason. South Dakota, just so people can go to Mount Rushmore. Well, I was going to say, because it's the Jets, they would for some reason be the North slash South Dakota. So they'd like, they'd have two home fields. Like, who just who knows? Uh, So yeah, my joke response would be the Jets. And uh, yeah, Jags to Vegas. That would be my real answer. And uh, change the color scheme. Yeah, you had a whole... Move the Raiders back to L.A., move the Rams back to St. Louis, move the Chargers back to San Diego, and move the Giants into the city. And then you just real, keep the Jets in Jersey. You just re- you realigned 13% of the league, just barely hey. just moving them around. That's it was fun. like, if you could move one team, Keenan's like, Eric Kyle's like, I'm moving two <laughs> divisions real quick, and then I can move the one team. Realign. First. And then I can move the one. Realign. Okay. And then, so my last one here is if you were to coach one team, what team would you choose? And what would be your first couple moves as a coach, coach or GM? I'll allow either or. And what would be your first couple moves as a coach or GM of whatever team? That's really tough. I, I can go first because I know that's a loaded question while you guys think, if yeah. you guys would like time you, to think. Uh, I'd like a, uh, at least a couple seconds. So, yeah, you can go. Okay. 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 So, if I was to if I was to be, I'd be the GM, and I would be the GM of the Rams. I feel like we were talking about the Vikings and the Raiders. Wait, wait, I thought you said coach. Like, obviously, how they have talent. I said coach oh, or okay, GM. Okay, okay, I don't know if that came through All or right. not, but I said coach or GM. Because I first had coach, but also I was GM too, just because it'd be sometimes you don't want to just coach you and obviously move people around. But I would do the Rams. I would, they don't have as much direction. Like, because like the Vikings and the Raiders, they have talent that's younger that you'll be able to kind of move pieces around. The Rams went for a Super Bowl, they got it, and now they're in the fallout of that. What I would do is I'm, in the off season, I'm trading Stafford. I can probably get a pick. I'm looking at probably trading him to the Falcons, Jets, or Raiders. The Jets are in, the Jets are all Aaron Rodgers contingent. Obviously, if he was, he looks like he's coming back, so probably not there. Raiders because I think that they feel like they can win now with the talent they have, and then the Falcons, I think they could win with the talent they have. They could put them into that next next area. I'm trading Aaron Donald. He's going to be 30. He's 32 right now. I think he would be 33. You don't need that anymore, and you can you can still get a haul for him. I think you can at least get two first. Maybe the Steelers bring him home. He was from Pittsburgh. He went to Pitt. So that front with uh, TJ Watt and Aaron Donald would be disgusting. And then I was also thinking possibly the Texans because they have picks that they could possibly move off of some of those picks and get him and then have 
Will Anderson, Aaron Donald, and try to take that next step with CJ Stroud. And then possibly looking into seeing what you could get for Cup. If you can't get something great, you can keep him. Because with one of those first, I'm taking a quarterback, of course. But that would be my first couple moves. I'm moving off of Stafford and Donald. I'm drafting a quarterback and seeing maybe we might keep Cup to keep Cup and Puka with a nice new uh, quarterback. I like it. Um, I kind of figured it out of who I wanted, what team I wanted to kind of go for here. Yeah. Um, I kind of, it's kind of funny, um, but I started out with the Texans. I think they're a super like up and coming team. Um, yep. But to be honest, I don't think I really helped the Texans uh, if I become their GM. So I'm just going to let them keep doing this. But a team I do think I can help is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So my first move would be to fire Matt Canada. <laughs> I wonder what you're doing. <laughs> my second move is to rehire Matt Canada and then fire him again. Um, and then I would trade Kenny Pickett, TJ Watt, and two first-round picks to get the first overall pick this year, get a real quarterback, and then I'd hire a better offensive coordinator. I'm not sure who. I got to you know review the applicants, but um, we can you can have a good offense in in Pittsburgh with those skill players, even with Najee. You, uh, ooh, so you would trade T? Do you trading I would, TJ? I would TJ because the point is still there. They are very good at drafting edge rushers and defensive tackles they will find another one and they will build another one um so i like the talent with deontay johnson pickens um Najee's, eh, so maybe get some more depth at the running back room um, but the main thing is there just to fire matt canada two or three times uh, he'd be dumb enough to rehire after the second firing he would be like fine i'll sign as like an assistant coach and then i'll fire him again i don't care he ain't getting a dime from us but I don't even like the Steelers. I actually think they're like annoying. They're kind of boring to watch. But um, either way, they they need an offense there. So let me go GM for them and build something. Imagine imagine okay. the notifications on your phone <laughs> when it's like new Steelers GM Tim Gray hires and fires and hires again and fires Matt Canada, and then you know especially trades TJ Watt Pickett. And two number ones for the first overall, that would be like, God damn, that'd be crazy. Um, for me, when you first said coaching, I was thinking maybe like a traditional, like one of the blue blood NFL franchises. Um, but the fact that I can be a GM yep. to first, I'll give my real answer. Uh, probably the commanders, just because you really have a blank slate there. Um, all of the stuff they have right now yep. is from their past regime. They obviously got rid of Dan Campbell, or sorry, Dan Snyder as owner, which he's like the equivalent of, uh, what the fuck's his name, Donald Sterling in the NBA, what he was. Like, he was just a huge, just sore, like a like a pimple to the NFL yeah. and to that Commanders franchise, you know, to the whole DMV. You know, that's a good sports area, you know, as far as fans go, as far as loyal fans go. So I would want to be the Commanders GM because I would have complete blank slate over everything um what moves would i make i'd basically do what it looks like they're doing right now which is you know sell on talent maybe keep Powell there for right now he's talented he can win you games he can lose you games uh hire a new young head coach get a nice coaching staff in there Uh, and i would change the name back to football team because that's the way to go and it looks like they're gonna change their name after this year right 
I think. I, I think, think I saw so. something about that. I think um, so. My fake answer, though, would be I'd want to become the GM of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'd live in Miami. I'd be in the AFC East, and I would make all my decisions to make them worse, to elevate the Pats. I would trade talent to the Pats. Uh, I would run that franchise with complete degeneracy. Uh, I think it was Dan Campbell, right, who got caught with, like, cocaine in the office, right? Wasn't that Dan Campbell when he was on the Dolphin staff? That I'm not 100% sure. I want to say it was Campbell, like, five years ago. Um, As a GM, I would run it with even worse degeneracy. I'm not a cocaine user, so maybe without the cocaine, but, like, it would just be a constant party in my office, and I would be... Again, making moves to make the Pats look good, and I would be fired within a month and a half. So, you trying Tyree kill for a second <laughs> for a, for a set, for a six round pick? Bill would be like, "Hey, you want to rework his contract so you got to pay every dime, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then trade him for a six? Run that franchise <laughs> into the ground. All for all for the helmet. That's I figured you'd be the Jets and do that. No, fuck the Jets. They don't. They don't need my help doing that. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I just figured you'd want to be the Jets and do that. All right. So that was fun. I figured that a little break from the in the obviously just back back and forth. But the last thing I have, and then if you guys have anything else, we can go into it for sure. Is Obviously, right now it's week nine since it's a seventeen-week season. Like literally halfway through the games was the mid-season point, but really this is like your mid-season point. Who would be your mid-season championship game right now? And the so conference, obviously, AFC championship game. If you had to choose it, if you had to choose your AFC championship game today and then your NFC championship game today, what would it be? Um. So for me, the NFC side, um, I. Can't imagine an NFC Championship game that doesn't have the Eagles in it. I think I think they're just they look really good. Every team they play, mm-hmm. they look like they can hang with it, and their defense doesn't even look as good as it was last year. They just look yep. like they can hang with every team. Um, so yep. me personally, I have the Eagles and the Lions. Um, the Lions is definitely the team that I think um, is more up in the air. You could be beat by pretty much any of these teams that are going to be able to make the playoffs. So um, mm-hmm. I just know for a fact I want the Eagles, and then. I have the Lions in the AFC. Um, that team that looks like the Eagles is the Ravens. Um, you always bring up how they play down to their competition. But in a, these last few games, um, they've looked really, really good. When they, they play really against have. good competition, it looks like they're playing against bad competition. So um, yep. if they get a home playoff game, it's over. I don't know who's going to be able to beat them. So. I have them. And then I also have the Chiefs right now. I think they'll be able to figure it out, get it done, whatever it is. Their defense has been playing really well. And then they've played up against some good competition and they've showed that they can hang um, and they can still win. So if they match up with like the Dolphins or something, I, I'd take the Chiefs again. So I have the Chiefs and mm-hmm. the Ravens. Okay. Uh, Kyle, how about you? Right now, I would, in the AFC, I would certainly have. The Ravens in the championship game. Um, I think what it would be would be Ravens Chiefs. What I'm rooting for would be Ravens Bengals having a divisional uh, AFC championship. And it's the same thing in the NFC, actually. So Eagles are for sure going to be there. Gun to my head, I'd pick Eagles Niners again. And that was my preseason pick. But 
same as I said on the AFC, what yeah. I would be rooting for would be Eagles Cowboys. That would be chaotic. The Eagles would definitely win that game. And uh, you know, they would absolutely break the Cowboys apart because it would, something would happen like what happened in this past game, except like on the one yard line. You know what I mean? Like they would just lose in the absolute worst way possible. Yeah. Who knows? Or get blown out by 45, one of the two. So I'm rooting for the divisional matchups. I don't even know if that's possible with how the seating is, but for sure, like gun to my head, I don't know who the opposing teams, but definitely the Eagles in the NFC and definitely the Ravens in the AFC are in pole position at this point. And that's even with the Chiefs having the one seed. But gun to my head, my true answer would be Ravens, Chiefs, and then Eagles, Niners. But I'm rooting for the divisional matchups in each. As of today, my and NFC would be Eagles, Lions. My AFC would be Ravens, Bengals. I don't think that's going to be it at the end of the year. If you had to me project, if I had to project right now, I think the NFC would be the same. I think the AFC might be a rematch of the last two years. We might get a trilogy, all depending. Obviously, we'll see if the Ravens in the playoffs can really do it. They've only won one playoff game within Lamar's tenure there, so we'll see. Obviously, the Bengals have—I mean, obviously the Bengals have been in the AFC Championship game the last two years. The Chiefs have been the last six years, I want to say. But so we'll see. We'll see if it happens. Obviously, but mine right now would be uh, Ravens, Bengals, and Lions, Eagles. All right. Um, that's all I got. That's all the questions and soup. Badgering Super Bowl would be Eagles Ravens uh, right now. What's up? My Super Bowl right now would be Eagles Ravens. Battle the birds. As crazy as I was just talking about how hype the Eagles are for me, I have it Ravens Lions. Um, I just want to see the Lions succeed. I love Dan Campbell. I think he's a great coach. <sighs> I think I think as of right this second, I would have to go probably Ravens Eagles would make like from what I've seen. Um I did put in like four weeks ago like a ten dollar bet that would pays out like almost like fifteen hundred and it was a cat uh, it was not cat it was Bengals Lions in the Super Bowl this year. So we'll see if that actually comes to fruition, but yeah, right now I'd have to say it'd be Ravens and Eagles. They just look too good right now for them not to going into week nine. For sure, for sure. All good matchups. Um, do you guys? Oh, absolutely. Do you guys have anything else that interests you in the slightest at all that you wanted to bring up or anything? Or are we signing off? I have one question. I love it. Um, in his. NFL tenure, Kenny Pickett has played in 20 NFL games. He has, yes. he has started in, or sorry, he's played in 21. He started in 20, I think is the stat yes. he came in. Mm-hmm. How many multiple touchdown games does Kenny Pickett have? Three. I want to say one. That's correct. He has and one. He has less TDs than Shroud. Yep. I and can see that, yeah. Can, can you, can you, Guess what those two touchdowns that game he had two touchdowns. How many do you think he threw? Was it zero? 
Did he throw none? He threw none. He rushed two touchdowns. That's his only multiple touchdown game in his career. He really might fire Matt Canada. He really might be. That's all I got to say. Man, I don't know whether. Yeah, he's 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 not good. Matt Canada's not good, but I mean, I don't I don't know what to think about Pickett either. Like he's he's very hard to evaluate. A lot of the defensive coaches don't do really great with quarterbacks. Like Tomlin, uh, I mean, some they've got him grandfather. Like obviously Tomlin had Bill, uh, Tomlin had Ben Roethlisberger, Bill had Tom. But like when it's come to drafting him in this like latest age, they haven't really done all that well with it. Like having to like really evaluate and drafting him. So maybe they just need to get like somebody else to figure it out like the quarterback thing out because they need the Steelers need to make a move for a QB like they absolutely do so like Timmy like trading for the one like trading TJ Watts crazy to me but I think if you can try to move up and get a top 10 pick Penix Bo Nix Caleb Williams if Shador Sanders comes out like one of these guys at least they're all playmakers. They're all something that you need to take a shot on because the more you stick with Kenny Pickett, the worse you're just letting everything go. Like there's no need to waste. This defense is really good. You have a legitimate number one and a legitimate number two. You have a good one, two punch in Warren and Harris. Your offensive line can get better. Pratt Firemuth has been injured, but he is a good tight end. You have everything you need. There is not a thing you need other than a quarterback. Like, could you, like, like for a what if? What if Joe Burrow was on the Steelers? Like, what if Lamar was on the Steelers? Like, just two people in your division. Like, could you imagine? Like, that team would, I mean, their teams are already great. Don't get me wrong. It's not like they're, we have both of them just in the AFC Championship game disparately, but. I don't know if we can put that on Tomlin, though, because. Yeah. I mean, he didn't. No, it's not only on Tomlin. It's just kind of a trend that's been a thing. True, it's not on Tom. It's like on. True, but I mean, like he doesn't. He doesn't do the drafting. You know what I mean? I mean, they got before they drafted Pickett, mm-hmm. they went out and signed Trubisky. So I mean, it's been pretty spotty overall, just from uh, what they've done in the post Roethlisberger uh, era. But it's hard to do that when you're replacing any sort yeah. of Hall of Fame QB. In that case, i.e. the Patriots too. You know, we see how that's going. So, I mean, I mean, like I said earlier, it is the draft's a crap sh- crapshoot anyway. You never know truly what you're getting at QB. We see that year in and year out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Kyle, did you have anything else? I do. Or are we? I do. Uh, I'm just gonna take. Oh, I'm gonna take it. it to an NBA route right now. Um, Harden making his debut with the Clippers right now in, at MSG. Uh, they had all four of their core mm-hmm. four in the starting lineup. I am wholly interested in how that's going to go. That's like a reality TV show to me. Um, before like before this trade even happened, Keenan, I forget what night that trade happened on. It might have been last Monday. And I was planning on coming in here and talking about... I think so, yeah. Yeah, I was planning on coming in here on the next podcast and talking about like how Ty Lue was managing minutes early on. Like he'd only had his starters and especially mm-hmm. those three guys at the time, Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi. He was playing them like 30 minutes and he was playing his bench like 20 to 25 minutes. Very coach Popovich-esque, uh, you know, with the later Tim Duncan teams when they had Kawhi. 
So I started to feel like, not that the Clippers could be something, but that they could trend that way. And then I watched a couple games, and I liked how Westbrook was playing, and I liked how Kawhi and Paul George was playing. And then they trade for James Harden, and it kind of throws everything out of whack. But if he can truly get them to buy in and keeps that uh, minutes management, who knows? I'm not betting on it. I wouldn't – like, the chances of that, them even being a second-round team is just pretty low. It's just a weird-ass team. But if Ty Lue can really get them all to buy in at their talent level and really get them to sacrifice themselves for the betterment of the team, specifically Harden in this case, because as we heard him the other day, he's not a system player. He is the system. Um, if he can get something out yeah. of Harden and, you know, Westbrook's continuing to do what he does, which is like hustle and rebound and play defense, there's something there. Uh, I don't know what that something is, but there's something there. Uh, and I just want to say, after the first batch of play-in games, or sorry, not the play-in, the in-season tournament, I really liked what I saw. Uh, it brought mini playoff intensity to the regular season. Uh, the refs were even letting these guys play at the end of games like they would in the normal postseason. Um, if it's going to trend like this mm -hmm. for the rest of the month going into the tournament, I think they made a really good move here. I mean, you mentioned, Keenan, the level of talent that they have and how yeah. it's probably, you know, we mentioned it's time for expansion. Like, that's that's the rumor anyway, That is that after next year, we're going to get two more teams. Um, what better way to do it than trend the way international soccer does and have these in-season tournaments? I think that's perfect because, yeah, as we've mentioned time after time after time, the NBA regular season was just losing all of its importance. Luster. Yeah, all of its luster. The stars didn't care. And if the stars don't care, why should the fans care? And uh, this in-season tournament brought a level of competitiveness I haven't seen to the NBA regular season in quite some time. So Adam Silver seems to have done a good job there. Yeah, and he always seemed – Adam Silver always seems to be like a visionary in the sense of like he – tries to be proactive rather than reactive to things i mean sometimes you have to be reactive because something happens and you have to react to it but a lot of the times he tries to be proactive with these things sometimes it misses but a lot of the times it works he's done very good as a commissioner in the nba um i completely agree i think i watched the uh warriors and thunder game uh, obviously steph had the game winner at the end that was a fun game I was back and forth. That was with no Shea, too. Um, then you've got the Nuggets and Mavericks on that night. The Blazers and Grizzlies came down to the wire. The Heat played. So, like, that entire night was, like, really, really good basketball. We'll see how it continues. I hate the courts. Absolutely Disgusting. hate the courts. I think it's, like, 10-year-olds playing two, ten year olds playing 2K, and they're like, yeah, let's just make the court this exactly color. What it looks like, like, it's the only thing that's nice is, like, you – you signify yourself like, okay, hey, this is an in-season tournament game. Why? Because the court looks like blue mess. Like, it looks whatever the team color is. It's, it's so terrible. bad. It's terrible. But it's absolutely terrible. The games are great, though. Um, the games have been great. Obviously, it's been one singular night so far. But, like, we're going to have it tomorrow. But the games have been very nice. And um, No games tomorrow. Then you talked about the Clippers. Oh, so no games tomorrow, actually. No games tomorrow. It'll be next Friday again. But um, then you talked about the Clippers. Right now, Westbrook and Harden are playing well together. Um, I think as of this moment, Westbrook has 
Uh, Westbrook had like nine points off four or five shooting or 11 points off like five or seven. And Harden had nine on four or five. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George weren't playing great, but whatever. I think that this is just a mesh and I don't think he's going to work. I don't, there, there comes a thing where there just becomes too much of the same thing at times on the court court. Like Westbrook, Harden, Kawhi, and Paul George together, all of them, I don't think works. I think if you have, I think if you were to take Harden off of the team or take Westbrook off of the team, it works. But since you're playing both of them minutes, I don't think that works all that well. Because Kawhi can play off the ball and Paul George can play off the ball, but they need, Kawhi needs the ball in his hands a little bit more than Paul George to be more effective. But and Harden's a great playmaker. I just think that if you're going to have Harden and Westbrook on the court together, that sh- you want Harden to have the ball. He's a better decision maker. But Westbrook off the ball is just... It's just nothing, really. Like, he's not great off the ball because he's not that great of a shooter. I mean, he can cut a little bit, but, like, in the game of spacing, he's not going to provide that space. So I just think it's too much of a jumbled mess a little bit i will me. say when they were in okc team. together and in houston together uh the he the Harden westbrook pairing did kind of fare well like westbrook was playing some of his best ball in houston granted with shooters around him more shooters than what's in uh la um and then when they were in okc Harden would be the point guard to close games and westbrook kind of went to the two obviously that's a very different stage of their career very early on but um it's going to be incredibly interesting i'm very interested to see how ty Lu yeah, manages that it will four. be yeah same here it's going to be very very interesting but so far the nba season has not disappointed at all it's been one of the most entertaining first couple weeks that i've we've had in a while Alrighty. um so um good here everyone good uh well so this was the warner brothers podcast i'm keenan clearly that's timmy thank you for coming on timmy that's kyle clearly half of the warner brothers podcast you can follow us on live take kyle castro me and keenan warner uh download the live take app it's ios only but like if you don't have an iphone who really are you at this point um so sorry for the android people who do watch and listen but you know probably upgrade to an iphone um do you also have us on instagram us on tiktok us on youtube at warner brothers podcast apple podcast spotify all streaming platforms warner brothers podcast you know how to catch us you know where we are thank you appreciate everybody and we are out <laughs>